Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960. The Fan. Hey, it's Kelly Kirch and Logan Gordon. Thanks a lot for keeping us around for your lunch hour. Busy show today. We'll hear from Chris Versteeg. See what's up uh, with him. He's always a good chat on Wednesdays. We'll uh, have that show coming or that segment coming up at about 1230. But first, let's talk to Lou. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Peter, the Flames are back at practice. I had it in their they are. trending now there. Uh, Dominic Simone has been waived, and Derek Ryan clears waivers. Do you have any other news that you can... Uh, let us know about from Flames practice. Well, I, I do. There's some new-looking line combinations again. But at the top of the table, Kelly, is um, we'll await official word, but Jacob Markstrom looks like he is awfully close to being ready um, after being out of the lineup for the last couple of weeks. And that is about, I think, and again, David Riddick did more than adequate work during his time with Jacob on the shelf. But, you know, when you can go back to Markstrom as early as tomorrow night um, with a part of your schedule upcoming that I think we're really, don't you think, Kelly, that we're at the make it or break it stage. We really are. There's, there's, There's runway, and that runway is starting to, you know, close down. So to have Jacob back and, and even getting Derek Ryan back, um, who today was with a combination of both Sam Bennett, Joachim Nordstrom, and even Brett Ritchie. For a team that has struggled to find consistency this year, and while Derek is always a 10- to 12-minute type player in his role, um, I don't know if you can have, Kelly, more, like you can't have enough reliable, consistent people in your lineup that have shown even in Derek's times that he's usually a pretty reliable guy when things aren't going so well. Yeah. So I, I think that's really welcome news, obviously probably more one than another. So yeah, I, that and I, to me is the big stuff. Yeah, for sure. And I think it gives you some options too. You know, when you get a guy in there and then that can, you know, you, you can do things that maybe you couldn't, when he's not there, you can't put him in. <laughs> It's no. kind, of, kind of obvious, but it does open some things up. And you know, they, they, you know, the I know it's been it's been wild on the on the radio and on the social boards and and Twitter and everything. Uh, but it is, you know, the show must go on, and the season mm-hmm. is not lost. Um, they do have a chance to kind of uh, rectify things. And the good news is, it's good home cooking and and some good practice time because it's been uh, it's been a an interesting road trip that didn't go their way. So this is one of those things where, you know, if there's ever a team that needs to practice and work on things and and just talk things out and work it out on the ice, it's the Calgary Flames right now. Well, I don't think road trips are the same, right? So, no. you know, as, as much, and, and I'm not much, you know, for excuses, but I do know that most people aren't great with change. So, you know, they spend a lot of time on the road during the month, and I think, frankly whether people tell you that they don't hear the noise or deal with the noise, they're hearing noise. And when you have a lot of time on your hands to think about things and you don't have some of the other places to go, that's different. That's a big change. So when things aren't going well, that's when you need more things to do and more distractions. But they are home. 
They they only played four of their games in the entire month. They're going to be home a lot this month. So even today, um, Ryan Huska, Kelly, I don't know if you remember, but Ryan Huska coming out of a home game a few weeks ago talked even about this team's practice habits and that good habits start with your work in practice. And, you know, going back to the famous Allen Iverson (laughs) about practice, well, practice is where habits start and good things start. So when you're not practicing fast and your attention to detail isn't where it needs to be even in practice, I'm a pretty big believer that, yes, the games determine everything, but your structure and your habits and good habits, that's where they start. So today was really spirited. It was competitive. Um, Guys had some juice. And I'm guessing that just getting home and getting back to familiar ground and, you know, even if you have your wife to hug again and your kids or depending on who you are as one of these players, you know, it's good to batten down and get back to when it doesn't quite seem like you're fighting fires all by yourself. So it is good. And next week they'll, after playing three and four coming up starting tomorrow, you know, they'll have three days after that between games. So, you know, that might come at a pretty good time as well. As far as the lines, I'll go there today. Um, Looks like the, Monahan Goudreau Lindholm thing could come to an end quickly because Lindholm was back in the middle with Dubé on the right side and Kachuk on the left, uh, Backlund in the middle of Milan Lucic um, and Andrew Mangiapane. It was Goudreau, Monahan, and Levo, and then Ryan in the middle of either Nordstrom with Bennett or Brett Ritchie. Okay. And deep pairings obviously staying the same. Yeah, deep pairings look at this point. They rotated through, you know, we'll see if even a guy like Oliver Shellington potentially could come back. But I, I'm not I'm not expecting that. It's interesting when you when you look at, you know, the ebbs and flows of a season and you know, we've been having meetings off the air about, you know, what what are we gonna talk about? How are we gonna, you know, you know, tell the story of this team with without being without piling on but yet telling the truth it's you know quite frankly it's been uh an interesting sort of exercise to hear from everybody and to, and to see you know where we go from here uh, it, it's interesting uh, you know a you have covid b you have this small uh north division with nothing mm-hmm. but canadian teams and i think you know the the line that i hear a lot is like oh it's the same for each team it is, but it's not because when you talk about um, the mental makeup and how it's working for each each person, it's it's not like this is another. You thought the bubble was strange, this is a strange season too, and and I think it 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 helps teams that are on a roll and doing well because that it's in some ways it feels to me like it's easier for them to stay on a roll, and I think it's the opposite for teams that can't get out of their own way. They can't do the normal things that you can bring a team together by, you know, having, having parties and, you know, doing the things or going out for a nice dinner on the, on the road. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, if, if you're in the glue, it's just, you're just around it all the time. And it, and it's not, it's not the way you can break uh, the momentum or the monotony of the whole thing. Well, you talked about some of the meetings and, you know, what I think anybody right now on the air has experienced. 
Kelly, I've had the pleasure of, of working for you for this is season seven or eight. I don't remember a two-week span like the last two. I just don't. And, and, there, and there's been lots of disappointment here. Um, there's been lots of ups and downs. But COVID has created a situation for people where um, we're all in our own way, don't you think? We just we can't wait to get back to whatever the newer normal is going to be. And in fact, the last couple of days, I've had talks with um, two people that I have great respect for in hockey. And and they just say, you know, people can minimize it all they want, but it is different. It is different. And managing it and managing, you know, people's, you know, if you want to call it mental state is difficult and it is different. And, you know, when those come from people that I've known in cases for 15, 20 years, I'm buying. So it is, it it is different. And, you know, I, I do, I think the modern day athlete is different and comes from, in my experience, from a different place. So, you know, for everybody, you, me, um, nobody's a huge fan. I find of change because you have a lot of time on your hands that you're not used to, and it's more time to think. So I agree with you, Kelly. I really do. And, and I think it, it has what has led at least in part to the extreme highs and then the real lows. Even, let me ask you this. Don't you yeah. think it has affected the fan base? I do. Oh, I, I think it, it's one of those things where people are going through so much right now. Yeah. Um, that it is, uh, I, I think, you know, Saturday night hockey when they plump themselves in, in front of their uh, their big screen TV or they're driving around listening to you guys, it's their escape from a lot of this. And I think, you know, for Flames fans and, you know, Canucks fans to to a degree as well, they're kind of going, wait a minute, this this is not the escape I wanted. I wanted to have hockey right till right, right till May and see what happens in June. So it's, it's frustrating because I think the, um, you know, you, you can't get out and cheer and let out. You can't go to a sports bar and, and let out your uh, your frustrations that way. So I think it, it, it is like, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how, how people perceive things come, you know, May and, you know, whatever happens with this team, whether they make the playoffs, whether they win the Stanley Cup, whether they get, you know, don't make the playoffs, there is going to be some reaction very strongly from the Flames uh base that is going to be something else to, to see i i'm i'm curious to see how that's going to go you know we talked about it i guess i'm getting my days all mixed up when i was on here last we we sort of teased it and i know you wanted to talk about it and then uh then i was back at home working from the old dining room table and <laughs> yeah. uh and i know like i'm back on monday but i wanted to maybe you know change the script a little bit and talk about sure lead, leadership and how it changes in, in a professional sports team and we talked about, you know, the guys that have been here for a while. Michael Backlund, Sean Monahan, Mark Giordano. Uh, they've all done their fair share of winning. They've had some some setbacks, obviously. But also, this team is changing. You know, we talk about Matthew Kachuk. We talk about, you know, even even veteran guys that are, that are new to the team with Chris Tanev and uh, Markstrom. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about guys that are, that are coming up. Uh, Manjapani. Dubé, uh, Hannafin, these types of players, and to a lesser degree, even the young guys like like Anderson and Valimaki. 
when you've seen teams kind of evolve over over time where you've got the veteran guys that aren't not to say they're not as important but they certainly take a different role because there are certain times where these young guys have to take a more leadership role how do you see that changing when it comes to the flames and how is it over time is it is it like a like a watershed moment how how does it normally happen well, I, I think every situation, Kelly, as you know, and I mean, you've been in management your whole life. So, um, you know, it's probably more a question in some ways for you than maybe it is even for me. But I, I do, as you know, I have great, great interest in leadership and mentorship, and it's been a big part of my long career. And what I would say with this team, if we're talking about this team, which we are, um, I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, I, I think part of what they're going through right now is I think they're trying to build a new core underneath the current core. And I think there's growing pains to that because, um, you know, you want to pave the way for the new guys to take more ownership. But as long as, you know, good people are your veterans, don't you think sometimes it's hard for those people to not necessarily step on toes, but listen, we don't, we don't like to necessarily challenge people who are people that we respect. So, so those conversations, those situations are really, really difficult when, when you're kind of going through the situation that I just described. But, but I also believe at a certain point in time, understanding all of it, thinking about all of it, you get to the point where how you assess and who you assess and who you support makes all the difference in the world. So if you have to, I think in a leadership capacity, like above, above the group is, is you want to make sure that everybody feels important. You don't want to step on anybody's toes because you need everybody. But it also gets to a certain point where patterns continue where when is the right time to kind of say, all right, we've tried it this way. We've tried it this way with certain people. And I think the question, Kelly, also becomes is it doesn't mean that those people haven't done great work. Like Mark Giordano has done great work. He might have his you'll probably have his number raised to the rafters here. Um, but as he even revealed on the radio station the other day, if, if you're a kind of leader and you lead by example, well, when your game, maybe even in your own mind, is something that you question, isn't that a hard place to be in? It, it is, and I, that's why I was kind of wondering, you know, when you think over the years for the Flames and as, you know, guys have come in and come out, you know, there was the Stanley Cup winning team and, and all the kind of buzz around that. And then Lanny McDonald retires. And then it was up to guys like Joe Neuendijk and Gary Roberts. Right. And then, you know, Al McInnes and, and Gary Souter, they move on. And then there was a bit of a, a vacuum when it came to, to leadership. And you say, the, you know, the same thing, throw it into the Blue Jays where they, you know, they win the World Series. But those guys eventually moved on and new guys had right. to come in. So I always wonder, like, that transition, does the transition have to happen when the 
quote unquote old guard, the old leaders that have that have been through the trenches and, and done all those things, do they have to leave leave like the team before there's a new sort of identity established with the new well, leadership? Well, I, 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 I think sometimes I think sometimes that can happen. And and a recent example I could point to, and again, you know that. This guy is arguably the greatest player in Calgary Flames franchise history, um, who's created some of my all-time favorite moments in my entire existence, and that's Jerome McGinley. Beloved. Did a wonderful job here. But remember when Colorado had that big season, Kelly? They, They overachieved. They had over 100 points. And then, um, you know, the Avs, thought they were kind of maybe more in the window and they went out and they added Jerome and they added Alex Tongay And, um, it, and again, I'm not blaming those guys one, one bit, but it's the mix. And that's what it's all about. Kelly, for me, it's the mix has to work. Like people have to buy in and, and in the social media era, and I'm not blaming everything on social media, but, I don't care what anybody says. What it has done is it has created a very numbers-influenced um, way of looking at everything. And it, and it becomes about individuals. But it's still a team sport. So there's more ways to assess and think more about things from an individual perspective than a team perspective. And... And again, it doesn't make people bad people. It doesn't mean that they're not good leaders. It's just sometimes as your team evolves and and changes, is it the right mix? Yeah. That's the hardest thing. And you know, I don't have to tell you. Yeah, and how you it's don't hard. really know until you see it, in, until you feel it. And sometimes it's hard to kind of to quantify and put into, it's very subjective. It's hard to put into words. Sometimes you just have a feel about somebody's like, yeah, they work well together. Boy, boy, that's just a disaster. And it's, and it's, and it's, and it's hard to put down on paper. And it's even tougher when you're trying to, I imagine have a professional hockey team where everybody, you know, it's different. Like we've talked about this before, Lou, where baseball is, you know, pitching and then the guys hit and then the fielders field. It's a very individual team sport. And NFL's got special teams, offense and defense, and they kind of, you know, do their own thing. And basketball and the NBA, either you have the really good players or you don't. If you don't, it doesn't matter what you do. Where in hockey, you expect your defensive people to be offensive. You need your uh, offensive people to be defensive. And and, and it's just the way it is. It's, It's one of those truly team sports that's why I, i've always felt like the team captain is so important in hockey and it's you know nobody knows what who the captains are in other sports but in in, in hockey it's it comes with a lot more than just the just the c on your chest but you know what the other thing is kelly don't you think that's changed like i i see a huge change in the last again 10 years and i know i'm talking a lot about 10 years but see the other thing that's happened in hockey is when you're one of, if not the best players, immediately it's like somebody's got to stick a C on your jersey. Well, what if you're 20 and 21, and yes, you might be the most gifted player on your team, but does that mean you know how to lead people? Does that, does that mean you know how to, to bond people together? You, you can be a great player, 
There's lots. I mean, how many people have you in your own way managed that were great at their jobs, but that, that, and, and great at their own agendas and were great yeah. workers, but does that didn't, mean didn't that, necessarily lift people or it wasn't in their DNA right, to, to, to right. really care about that stuff? Exactly. Right. And that, that's, that's, that's what it boils down to. So, you know, when I see that trend that, okay, because you're Austin Matthews, we got to put a C on you. Before, because you're Connor McDavid, we've got to, well, what? No. No. Yeah. Because, because just because you're the best player on the team doesn't, I find that it, when it comes to leadership, here's what's important. Have I experienced things in my life? Have I been through it? Yeah. Um, have I been forced to think about somebody outside of myself and my own success? Do I get in the trenches with people? Do I get to know people? Can I challenge people? Exactly. Leadership matters. Yeah. And, 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 and I do, Kelly. I think in hockey, and I don't blame anybody, because those players do drive the bus. I had somebody really smart in hockey say this to me, and I, and I think it applies everywhere. And that is, every time you think about a sports team, think about it from this realm. Who is your best player, and do they play the game the right way? If yeah. they don't, if they don't, and they yeah. don't embrace doing that. The other guys will feed off that. Other guys, you look at Boston with Bergeron and Chara. You look at Sidney Crosby. You look at Jonathan Taves. You look at some of the yeah. people that, that I think. Here, here's my resume, and here's my work ethic. Why don't you just you know have a look at those, and let's get to work. And Do they, I play the right way? Yeah, exactly. Not about the most points. Not about individual accomplishments. When it matters, how good is my work? And it's what I always feel, Kelly, after all my life being around sports, and I know some days I'm on an island, and I'm okay with that. I really am. The Lou Island. I love it. The, the Lou, uh, Lou Island. <laughs> it, it, it needs a ballpark and a hockey rink. That's all it needs. <laughs> some, some grub, and that's about it. It's, it's this. Evaluate when it's the most difficult and that's why i put such a premium on yeah give me all the great regular seasons that you want give them give them to me but the one thing i found whether it was covering junior or any level of hockey guys who usually rise even at those levels when it's difficult it seems to carry on later on okay lou i'll see uh We'll test on how good Kirsch was a listener to you, see if we got this right. All right. The lines have been switched up again, and they are yeah. as follows. Lindholm yeah. with Kachuk and Dubé. Yes. Backland with Lucic and Majapani. Yes. Uh, Monaghan, Goodrow, Levo. Yes. And then you had Ryan with Nordstrom, and I can't remember the other <laughs> Bennett or Rich. <laughs> Bennett, Bennett. Okay, there we go. That's good. That's, and, that's, that's outstanding. Okay. And then uh, Markstrom, Markstrom looks back. good. Looks good. Looks good. And then yeah. the other news we had, I guess. Um, Derek Ryan. Der- Derek we Ryan. Thought, 
he cleared waivers, and Dominic Snowone has been put on waivers. On waivers, yeah. And, okay. Well, tomorrow, uh, I, I may be here, I may not be. Uh, okay. No matter what, we'll be talking about Flames and Senators for sure. Okay. All right. Thank Thanks, you, Lou. sir. Appreciate it. You know okay, what? bye-bye. Flames Insider, Peter Lubardius, brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. Your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group, now offering Air Miles Reward Miles. Visit GeminiGroup.ca. Hey, it's Kelly Kirsch and Logan Gordon. It is Hockey Central at noon, coming up at 1 o'clock. The arrival of the big show and Will Nult. Steinberg in at 2 o'clock and we'll join uh, some Raptors basketball at 6 as the Raptors have a, a pretty... Thin bench. So we'll see what happens with them as they take on the Pistons. We are live today from the Iconic Studio, powered by Iconic Electric and Controls. We've done so many cool things with these guys over the years. We're so glad to have uh, them as part of our uh, our group here. And our studio sponsor looks good, too. Uh, eventually, we'll be allowed to have people in to tour around, but uh, not right now. So we'll just have to wait for that. Diversity. It's Iconic. Contact them today at their website, iconicec.ca. Let's talk to uh, Chris Versteeg next as Hockey Central. Uh, the, the guys talked about a few different things, and he, he likes to kind of, you know, give his perspective on a lot of different things. So Steger kind of, he just ready, fire, aim kind of thing. So we'll see with uh, Chris Versteeg next right here on Hockey Central. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. For your lunch hour, it is Hockey Central at noon. I'm Kelly Kirsch with Logan Gordon, Will Nault in at 1 o'clock. Steinberg starts at 2 o'clock, the big show right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Got to tell you that twice a week we do it. We send it out on our social media channels, put it up on our website too. It's all about the Flames Roundup highlights. And Steinberg is the man behind it. He puts it together. Our crew from City TV help us out. It's awesome. You can find it on Twitter, Facebook, or on our website, sportsnet.ca slash 960. It's all brought to you by Brightside by ATB, a new banking app to help you spend and save for what you love. So that goes Fridays and Mondays. So keep that uh, in mind when you want to catch up on what's going on. Plus, you get to see Steinberg's smiling face twice a week, which is always awesome. Christopher Stieg, he uh, has played in a lot of different NHL cities. Uh, spent some time, obviously, in Calgary, a good Lethbridge boy. And we started off the conversation with uh, Ryan Pinder and uh, Peter Klein and Rhett Warner about what does he see with the Calgary Flames woes? No, it's, it's it, there's a consistency issue. Jacob Markstrom being out is a massive issue. You look at their record, we've all talked about it, too, being if it wasn't for Jacob, who knows really what it would be. Um, again, I, I look at a lot of the ways um, they play within the game being an issue as well. But, I mean, the personnel's there. I still think so. I think you have a good, you know, a good foundation. It's just how it's being utilized. Good crying if, baby if you hear in my the background. Kid crying in the background. Oh, it, man. It, this, is what, this is what life is like with kids now at home, so I'm sorry. Welcome to the club, man. Rhett's got three. I got a pair. I mean, uh, did you ever knew you had it so good when you were single in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, there's just this, the world for me now. <laughs> Meetings, interviews, the kids are a part of it all, so they expect to get paid too, so just so Sportsnet knows. Okay, you get a retainer for them, yeah. Yeah. Um, did, was Is this on the flames that Markstrom's down with injury? They started him 14 of the first 16 games this year. That sounds crazy, and it probably is. I mean, you could put it on them, but they really had no choice. 
Um, looking at how he was playing and at the level he was playing, you could have maybe thought that an injury was possible. But the way, you know, even watching Riddich, he's really good one game. He's not so good the next. And, and he's and when I've talked about David in the past is the reason he's not able to truly be a true number one is just the highs and lows. When he's high, you can just tell when he's on the ice, right? Whether it's doing that walk, throwing the stick after the game, he's feeling it. He's confident. And when he's low, you can see the lows. So for him, uh, when he's playing well, there's not many better goalies that can play good at a high level. But again, that's the consistency level, and you've seen it over the stretch. Jacob Markstrom's that guy. He's the guy you went out and paid money to. So I don't fault the Flames for playing them as much as they did. They just didn't think they had a guy at the at the moment they could trust. So, yeah, I mean, you could put a little bit, but I, I don't. I mean, they were, Jacob was playing at a high level. He was playing so good, and you had to run him. Brett? Is there – I mean, you know these guys, and you're not going to talk bad about them. I can already tell. But I've had complaints about their work ethic. They've talked about how they all get along and the room's great and they're all wonderful. Have you been on a good a team where the room is great, uh, but the work ethic and the success is no good? Like, I find that hard to believe that the everyone's wonderful and pulling for each other, but they go out there – and they absolutely, I don't want to say lazy because lazy is maybe too far, but they, the, the, the commitment to winning just doesn't show. And I always found that on teams that were close, it carried over onto the ice, and you did want to win for your buddies. I don't see that with this group. Well, I think there's, I've played on teams that, yeah, they did get along, and you could, you, I don't think you could ever argue the, the work ethic, but you could argue the the way you played with inside the game the execution factor and that's the biggest thing that calgary has is they can't execute i for me again i don't i'm not faulting their effort i fault their execution whether it be certain times of games doing things with the puck doing the right thing with the puck in the, the end of the two minutes of periods um for me again when i look at the flames it comes down to execution so yeah that's on the players as well but that's also to me on the coaching staff. So I'm putting it as a group blame. And, and again, I, I mean, I've, I've watched them. I don't truly agree with the sense that they're not trying. I think you have players that you understand what they are. Like Johnny Gaudreau, he's, he's not going to go out there and he's not going to work his tail off or make it look like he's working his tail off. And it's going to impress you that way. I just think, you know, what you got, utilize what you have and execute. There's an execution issue to me. Are they slow compared to the rest of the league? I hadn't thought about it, but Pinder talked to someone and brought it up today, and we went through the lineup. Uh, if they're not slow, they aren't fast. Well, they're not a fast team. I, I can agree with that. They're not a fast team. I also don't think the way they play is is allowed to let them play fast either. But, like, if, if you go through, Dylan Dubé is a fast skater, right? Sean Monaghan's not a fast skater. Lies can skate. I'm not going to go through everyone. So you don't have guys besides really Dylan um, and, and Backlund, too, that are going to, you know, skate past guys like a Chris Kreider and these guys that can take direct lines and or McDavid's that can just take, you know, direct lines right to the net with speed. So, yeah, if, if you go throughout the lineup and you want to fault speed, I, I would say they're definitely not a fast team. But, again, the way they play within the system, I, I just don't think it's fast enough. I don't think they get the puck going north fast enough. I don't think they have guys slashing across the ice, supporting pucks enough. 
And, and again, that, that can come down to a little bit of maybe what the personnel they have, but also, again, the coaching staff putting in a system that lets them execute the way they need to play in order to play fast. So that obviously, you know, right, that comes from puck movement. Like when I look at Toronto last year, the biggest issue was a D-man went in the corner and he was going directly with the puck behind the net. Calgary does that too. They get the puck, they go behind the net, they set up for four checks or they set up for the, the stationary breakout, and then they get everyone to call, come off the ice, and then they get the new five guys on, and by that time, 20 seconds has gone by, and they're all in their routes, and not everyone's in their route. For me, with Calgary, why are you always going into those set four checks? Why, or the set, set breakouts, sorry. And why are you always going into set four checks? So what that does is it slows down the game. Have a guy flush the guy out. Sit four guys back if you're worried about catching a guy. But start picking up the pace of the game. And again, offensively, that's the same way too. Stop always going behind your net, stopping there, waiting for everyone to change. Just get the puck going. Get the puck out from behind your net. Don't let the other team set up their four checks and play fast. I Again, I, I look at that all the time. It's continually stopping the game because they're trying to sit back. Man, that's that's something like not, and it, and I think it was weird when when the speed issue was brought up yesterday. They don't feel slow, they don't feel fast, but to your point, they certainly play slow. Well, that's what I and, and if watch the game, watch what happens when Geo comes off the ice. Or sorry, Geo's on the ice. He gets behind the net, and this is the, by design, right? The the team's obviously not telling him to keep wheeling the puck and keep going. He stops behind the net. They all the guys go off the ice. The next line comes on. And then the other, the offense or the defensive team, say it's Winnipeg or Ottawa last night, they come on the ice, they all get set up in their nice little positions, and then they have the perfect five-man breakout, right? That's slow. That's slow hockey. Where we were in Chicago, if we ever, our defense ever stopped behind the net, Quenville would come down the bench and scream at them. And the same goes for the four check. Unless you're up at the end of a game or certain parts of the period, you were flushing that D-man out on the offensive side now because you didn't want to just sit back and go into neutral zone all the time, right? And they're they're content doing this every single game, and it plays slow. It's such slow play, and then it lets the team, other team, get into their perfect little forecheck, perfect little setup. And most of the time, those perfect little forechecks and setups don't work anyways. I, I could keep ranting on and on about this, but that's playing do. slow. Huh? I said, please do. This is great. Like, I, this, you, you've nailed it on the head here. Every time we chat with you, I, I just have more and more respect for the way you view the game, Chris. Like, if you're the owner of the GM here, how do you fix this? You talk to the, you talk to the coaching staff. You understand who within your lineup can play fast. You have certain players that can paint outside the lines. So you have to have guy, a culture needs to be set in the sense guys need to understand what they're doing within the lineup. Sam Bennett, you talk to Sam Bennett, you're like, Sam Bennett, you're not a goal scorer. You're not a first liner. If that's what you truly believe, you're playing on the third line, your fourth line, set the standard right there. Let him know. If he doesn't like that, then he can go to his agent and talk, right? And those are things where you're setting a standard as a coaching staff. You're letting the players know directly where they stand within the lineup. Second part, go back to your own, when I'm talking about playing fast, playing fast doesn't mean just skating fast and going nowhere. Anyone can just skate fast. They're all NHLers. About skate, playing fast is about giving them a system to play fast within. That means, again, 
stop stopping the puck behind the net. Wheel the puck. Right when you get the net, wheel the puck. Get the first guy off the bench to drive across the ice and do a quick up and get the play going back at the other team so they can't set up in their four checks. Now, on the offensive zone, if you're worried about flushing D-men out, sit four men back, have the one guy fly in, flush him out, so now they can't get in their offensive zone. Uh, set four checks. Those are two, three simple things I would do, but it all starts with setting the cultural foundation of bringing every single guy in or doing it in the team setting as a coach and going around the room and saying, this is what you are, do it. This is what you are, do it. If you have an issue with it, come talk to me. But that's how you're going to set the cultural foundation, and that's how the guys are going to understand when they're going to, how they're going to play and how they're going to do it to the best of their ability. Rhett, you always said that about Daryl. No matter who you were, he carved out a role. Here's what you have to do to be successful. It was really, really clear what you had to do to help pull the rope, right? Makes it easy for the players. It's very clear. It's concise. This is my job. This is what I can contribute, and everyone's doing it. Then we're going to be successful. I, I, I agree. I find – I think it's – it's a little. I know it's a new coach, but I find it a little surprising that this group that's been together long enough don't know what they're supposed to be doing. And, and maybe it's just a reiteration, and maybe it's because the coaches have changed some of the systems stuff that they, they do need a, a refresher. But I wonder if – I feel like these guys should know what they're supposed to be doing, and I wonder if Wardo can pull it off mid-year and get them you know what i mean can go into that room and reset it i don't know i don't know i mean the players have to go well, out and decide that that's their only hope right right yeah that's the only oh, hope for sure coach, he he's got to call a meeting he needs everyone to get in line and he needs to set the standard now or it's just going to keep going win loss loss win win loss loss you set the standard you hold everyone accountable and if they have an issue, you invite them in for a bigger conversation to talk about what was talked about in the room. But this is, I mean, the time is now to set the standard in the room. Well, and I think there's there's even more layers there of, that, that and hurdles and challenges. Like, I, I don't know that Jeff Ward wouldn't love to play Sam Bennett in a certain spot, but the GM's trying to get a deal done. I mean, there, there's all kinds of layers here, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if the GM or people north of the coach had different preferences on which goalie should play or where Sam should be in the lineup. Like it's, it's much more easily said than done. I imagine. Listen, uh, and this is, there's, there's probably that in every single team. There's obviously the GM, there's a political issue to everything. Everyone understands that. But if I'm a coach, it's my way or the highway, right? You're losing your job. If you don't win hands down. So if you believe a player can do something in a certain way and the GM or whoever doesn't agree with it, then that's just how it should be. I, I understand there's a give and take. There's got to be a working um, – there's got to be a work uh, – like they got to work together in a sense. But at the end of the day, it's your job on the line. It's you who has to put the lineup out and coach the lineup. And if you are going to coach someone else's lineup, and then there's an issue, right? So if I'm Jeff Ward, again – that's what you do. You set the standard at the moment. This is what it takes to win. I believe my job's on the line, and that's what I got to do to win. Always great stuff. Appreciate it, Versteeg. Have a great day, and uh, we'll chat next week. Take care, guys. There we go. There is Chris Versteeg from earlier today right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Good stuff as he really kind of dug in about where the Flames are at and some of his thoughts on that. So I I think there's some good stuff to chew on there. Uh, he's always interesting. He appears coming up. Uh, usually on w- about seven thirty on Wednesdays, and uh, he comes down the uh, 
guest hotline from Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Uh, a couple of things I want to mention. Uh, we'll, uh, Logan and I will get into what's happening in the NHL tonight. A, uh, a high-profile, healthy scratch in Minnesota. We'll talk about that also. Um, if, they, if, the Oil, if the Oilers lose tonight to Toronto, then... Then what happens with uh, with the Oilers? Are they uh, going to start panicking a little bit, get a little uh, little nervous, or where they're at? We'll find out about that. Want to tell you about our new morning show sponsor? Got them on a couple of weeks back. Totem Golf, awesome people. Um, when you think about golf, and you can think about it more and more as we start like it's warming up, warming up, and uh, yeah, it's getting close. Nestled with the backdrop of uh, BC's Purcell Mountains. Grey Wolf is a world-renowned course that uh, wins people over time and time again. It's ranked amongst the top 15 courses in Canada and the number one public course in British Columbia. Several holes that will uh, absolutely be seared in your memory. It's Check out their website. They, uh, they have it all there for you at greywolfgolf.com. They sponsor the morning show, and uh, they are going to start taking, uh, taking tea time. So... Get on the website because they open up May the 7th. We'll take a break and talk about uh, tonight in the NHL and that interesting, healthy scratch, perhaps, in Minnesota, right here in Hockey Central. Hockey Central at noon on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Kelly Kurtz, Logan Gordon. It is your lunch hour, and it's all about hockey right here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Big show coming in at 1 o'clock. Will Nott will host today, and yes, we'll have Pat Steinberg joining things Coming up at 2 o'clock, I guess, uh, Logan, to kind of update everybody on on what we heard from Peter Labardius at the top of the show. Some uh, interesting news and notes from uh, from practice for the Calgary Flames. Uh, we had it in trending now. Dominic Simone has been waived by the Flames. He has zero points in nine games. Uh, Derek Ryan has cleared waivers, and he was on the, um, he was on the uh, fourth line with uh, Sam Bennett. And uh, looks like uh, the, the big news, I guess, the, the headline would be, Jacob Markstrom looks like he is ready to come back as he was taking uh, starter minutes uh, today at practice as the Flames were were back at it uh, for the first time in a while. Yeah, and maybe uh, these maybe Derek Ryan and, and Markstrom can give him a bit of a spark tomorrow when they uh, welcome in Ottawa for homestand. A couple of days off here, so we'll see. It sounds like the uh, the bubble lines didn't last for no. uh, for too long, so we'll see what exactly uh, going back to some old new combinations yeah, might the, mean for them. This is what it looked like today. It was Lindholm with Dubé and Kachuk, uh, Backlund with Lucic and Manjapani, uh, Goodrow, Monahan and Levo, and then you had Ryan, Nordstrom, and Bennett with Richie, right? And then uh, the, the defensive pairings have, have stayed the same. They're not messing with those, so that stays the, the way it is. So that's happening. Elsewhere in the NHL, a big game tonight, obviously, on Sportsnet, is at Toronto in Edmonton. And, uh, boy, the Oilers don't want to get shut out three games in a row, do they? It's been a, that'll be a real <laughs> crappy week if that happens. What do you think about what you've been seeing with uh, Toronto-Edmonton? Toronto's been remarkably impressive in these two games, and it's it's not the usual Calgary, you know, railing on Edmonton. Toronto's just been the better team, and... Uh, they've done it with the combination of their second and third string goalies. Campbell got the first shutout, Hutchinson last game. They'll have Freddie Anderson and Austin Matthews back in the lineup tonight. So that's what the Leafs were able to do shorthanded. You would assume getting Austin Matthews and Freddie Anderson back in your lineup means a step forward for Toronto when it comes to these games. But 
you know, you're playing a lot of the same team. You got to think Edmonton's motivated to to take one off of Toronto when it comes to this series and prove that they're they're not going to be pushovers. But Matthews has had a great season and certainly something Toronto is doing um, against Drysdale and McDavid is working because to keep those guys off the score sheet one game is impressive, let alone uh, in back to back outings. And the thing is, they match their speed. They had an Absolutely. answer for it. They did not have, uh, you know, they would they could wheel a little bit, but as soon as the you know they didn't have the the free uh, rein or to the net like they like to do, and, and Connor was getting frustrated, took some penalties. So mm-hmm. you know he's going to be better. He's been stewing at his house there, you know, with his big dog going, "Okay, I can be better <laughs> than that." So, but yeah, so Anderson is back, and and Austin Matthews is back. So that's the the one game, and then we taste it off the top. It looks. Uh, Mike Russo out in Minnesota, it looks like um, Zach Parise will be a healthy scratch tonight. As uh, it, that's, you know, so far this season, uh, three goals, nine points, 44 shots in 19 games. As a Zach Parise, um, interesting to, to see where, uh, where he is, uh, how important he is for a team that has done very well so far this season, the Minnesota Wild. Yeah, this one's an interesting one, and there's there's layers to this for a number of reasons, and one of them being that he's an assistant captain there. He's you remember, I'm sure everybody does the Suter, yeah, <laughs> him and uh, Ryan Suter signing big term deals there, and uh, at 36, he still got this year plus four more um, as their second highest paid player on the team. I think, unfortunately, maybe it's a good thing for Minnesota. Maybe it's a bad thing. But, I mean, if you look at their success this year, they've done it off the back of some young guys on the wings. Kirill Kaprizov, uh, Jordan Greenway, you know, uh, Marcus Foligno, Zuccarello's come in and have a good year. I know he's not young, but he's come back and been on fire for them. Maybe at 36, it's, you know, passing him by a bit there in in Minnesota, you've got some really good up and coming talent. And like you mentioned, they're having a really good start to this season. Um, it never looks good optically when you have to scratch a guy or you want to scratch a guy that's making as much money as Parise is. But maybe the reality is that he's just gotten passed on the depth chart there. They've got some young talent. They've had a good season. Yeah, they are 12, 6 and 1. They take on the Vegas Golden Knights at 13, 4 and 1. Couple other things like the, the thing that you know, obviously, we're not seeing the the Kings and the Golden Knights and the Coyotes like we normally do, but you know, they're still playing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonathan Quick has had a bit of a renaissance there, he's five, three, and two. I thought he was Mr. I'm hurt all the time and my career is on the wane, but he's had a, a bit of a renaissance this year as they get ready to take on the Coyotes. Um, now Arizona has been a bit of a road uh, warrior, they're trying to get their fourth straight road win. As uh, the the Oats are nine nine and three, despite all the dysfunction that's going on off the ice. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that uh, the Coyotes would have been uh, a functional team off the ice based on what they've gone through off of it. But they've seemed to put that noise behind them and and been successful. And for the Kings, man, if I they've got a clearly a, a proud group of veterans there that wasn't willing to go down without a fight. Kopitar. 23 points in 20 games. Dustin Brown's found his game. Drew Doughty's back to putting up big points and eating big minutes for them. They're just not going to go out without a fight. And in what's a weaker division, as of right now, based on their starter, they keep getting good goaltending, like you mentioned, from Jonathan Quick. Maybe, you know, maybe another kick of the can in the postseason's not the 
you know, most Maybe. unlikely thing for them Maybe. to slide into a four spot there or something like that. They've certainly given themselves a chance based on their start this year. Yeah, they're they're fifth right now. Uh quick is five three and two, two eight five goals against and a 903 save percentage. So uh, he's, you know, maybe not back to where he was when he's winning Stanley Cups, but you know, he had had so many like pretty severe mm-hmm. injuries to come back like that. Couple other things maybe off the ice. Uh for some reason I get emails from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Don't I don't know why. <laughs> uh but they are taking uh I guess requests or applications or whatever to have fans watch the game on SportsNet last night, uh, the Battle of Pennsylvania. There was uh people at at that uh, you know, in, in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. not not full. Yep. Uh, also, uh, Vegas doing their thing, and I see that the Edmonton Oilers are working on a, a proposal to have fans back in the building. It's like I know they're baby steps, but boy, that that just feels good to even be talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I think that just given everything, uh, sooner or later, you got to start taking those steps forward. And you're right, even if they're baby steps, I think they're they're important steps. We can't you know, live in this world. And at some point you got to take that next step forward. And even if it's small capacities and ramping it up when it's appropriate, that's, that's the way to go about it. It sure would be nice to, to see a Stanley cup playoffs this year that has some fans in the building and uh, get some of that atmosphere back. Cause as good a job as they did, and they did a hell of a job last year. It's just not the same without fans in the building. Yeah, looking forward. Everyone wants it to get back to normal. There's an understatement for sure. Coming up at 1 o'clock, we've got Will Nolt hosting uh, the big show along with uh, Logan Gordon. Steinberg comes in at 2 o'clock. Sports Drive at 5 at 5 o'clock today, strangely enough. Brought to you by South Trail Hyundai. Fall in love with low payments from 0% plus no payments for three months. Check out South Trail Hyundai. That is coming up at 5 o'clock and we will join Raptors... Detroit in progress at 6 o'clock. Will Nolts next right here on Sportsnet 960.